but all of those things, you know, your local marketing and your online marketing, it's all driving to a connection, to a, a relationship with this one person. And so if you don't get this right, it's going to be impossible to open your building at 100% occupancy or to even be close to that. So you've got to hire the right person. All right, so we had uh, one of our one of our partners uh, actually reach out and suggest a topic, and we thought, well, all right, let's do it. And uh, they they were they were like, hey, what what all kind of advice do you give to people who are you know maybe you're opening your first location or you're opening a new location? What is different about that versus how you manage the marketing of a um, of, of a of a existing location? Right, so you've already got traffic, you've already got a reputation, you've already got referral partners, you've got referrals coming in. How do you get all that going from scratch? And you know, to start with, to start this conversation, you know, just know it's going to take a huge uh, amount of energy and capital to get to where you need to be over like the first six to twelve months for sure. Yep. Right. Um, you know what an acquisition cost might look like for a new resident at an existing location is going to be much lower than it's going to be for a new location. So I would say the first thing is make sure you have a budget that can cover that, you know, knowing that it's going to take time to pay off, right? It's not going to be the same, you know, let's just say $3,000 or $5,000 a month total of everything that you're doing, uh, is not going to be as effective as three to five thousand dollars at an existing location, because it's just it's apples and oranges, and so you know, make sure you've got that in your business model so that you don't, especially for new operators that this is your first go round, you know, um, you don't want to get in a position where you just thought you'd start getting people coming down driving down the street and just stopping and taking a look, which you'll get some of that, uh, especially depending on your location and what your building looks like, but. Um, you know, make sure you can, you can fight the fight financially. Uh, and if you haven't picked a location, make sure, I mean, I, I know this probably goes without saying, but I've seen people that have opened up locations. And then after the fact, we have looked at demographics in their area and I'm like, Hmm, I'm not sure that there's enough people in a radius to support the size of the community that you built. Yeah. Right. So some of this is, is all, it may be before um, this, where a lot of you already are at. You may be thinking, hey, uh, I've already got a building. Uh, this doesn't do me a whole lot of good now. Great. For those of you that are just thinking about getting into senior living, though, make sure you do a lot of research uh, when it comes to those demographics. Because even it's not, and it's not just small town versus a bigger city or whatever. There are some small towns that have a very high population of seniors that are aging that, that this could work. And then be a better situation than a little bit larger town, but their population is a lot younger. Yeah. Right. So there's just, there's a lot of, there's, you know, and money, right. If you're a private pay only, what's the, what's the wealth distribution look like in that city overlaid with the age demographics overlaid with, you know, um, your, your distance from everything. So those would be two things before you even start actual planning, you know, make sure you've got the budget to commit for the long haul, right? Yeah. And also when you're thinking about planning, you know, if you, if you decide on a location and, and you've got the budget, 
Uh, we've seen this multiple times uh, with different partners that we've worked with. They've built um, a building and they offer it to independent living and assisted living. But um, they do, you know, when you're when you're planning it, you don't think that, hey, this is going to be a big deal. But when you actually see it in practice, um, it becomes, and when someone starts trying to sell it, right, it becomes an issue. So, for example, if you are going to offer independent living and assisted living under the same roof, you need to have separate dining rooms for your independent living residents yep. and your assisted living residents. I remember my grandfather when we took him into um, an independent living community that also had assisted living. He would see residents, assisted living residents who would use, you know, using a walker, and he just wanted nothing to do with that. You know, of course, a year and a half later, he was using one himself, but initially he didn't want anything to do with that walker. And that, I mean, I've seen that mindset over and over again with, with seniors. They, it's almost like they just, they don't want to believe that they're at that point yet. And so if you are thinking about building a location, you just need to think about, you know, little things like that, that end up making a really big difference. Both of my grandmothers dealt with the same thing. Uh, My grandmother, I helped her find a location or find a, find a community. uh, Probably, Yes, man, what's it, six, seven years ago now? Man. Uh, and when we first went, she, she, in her mind, was like, I'm not in as bad of shape as those women are. Right? It was a very much, even though for me looking at it, it was like, you're closer than you think. I, mean, I didn't say that to her. But it absolutely is a turnoff because they, in their minds, especially if they're coming from their own home, they don't want to think that they are in a lowered level of health than they are. Yep. And, and I think there's also, you know, all of us, as we get older, I mean, you start thinking about your mortality differently and they don't want to see, Oh, Hey, you know what? That could be me in just a matter of months or years or whatever. You know, they think, Oh, I've still got a long time man. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I, I want to go to independent living cause I want to have more friends to play games with and watch football games with and, you know, go out to eat together or whatever. And that's why they're interested in independent living and they're tired of upkeep for a 3000 square foot house that they live within with their kids. And now it's just the husband and wife or just the wife or whatever. And so I think you're spot on there. I think that's a really, really good point uh, as you're designing a new place is to really make sure that what you're designing is going to be sellable to who you want to sell it to because independent living people do not want to be eating dinner with the assisted living residents. I, I would agree with that. Yep. Now, there are, I'm sure there's some exceptions to that, but I think by and large, that's, that's a very big psychological thing. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, go ahead and let's talk about, uh, yeah. One of the things we talked about when we were visiting about this was, uh, hiring the right salesperson. What do you think? What, what are you looking for there, Luke? So, uh, and, and I've been, I have not, um, had, you know, opened a building myself. I've not had to be like a a salesperson in the pre-lease process, but when I used to work in-house, I helped some of the marketing um, for some of the buildings that we opened. So I I was able to kind of see firsthand what what the person did uh, who was in the role of trying to sell rooms that weren't actually built yet. Um, So I've I've seen what that that looks like. Um, Well, we've heard complaints from people that we've worked with here together as well you know we may be helping them with their digital marketing stuff but 
they're still venting to us about these issues. Yeah. So we hear it all the time. Yeah. I mean, the other few things that we'll talk about today on this podcast, obviously important, but all of those things, you know, your local marketing and your online marketing, it's all driving to a connection, to a, a relationship with this one person. And so if you don't get this right, it's going to be impossible to open your building at 100% occupancy or to even be close to that. So you've got to hire the right person. And when you think about hiring the right person, what comes to mind first is you have to hire someone who just absolutely loves sales. They have to be in love with sales. For That kind of person is not me. I'm not a I love sales person. <laughs> I enjoy good follow-up and good processes. Dallas is the opposite. He he gets energized after a sales call. Um, but you've got well, to hire you, someone. But you know what it is for me. Sales. And th- this is and, and I would I would uh, expand upon this because I don't like selling anything. I like problem solving. And so I love the when I get a chance to talk to somebody and they have a problem and I know that I can help them with it. That's why I enjoy sales. It has nothing to do with, and, and I think this is this is something that a lot of people, even salespeople, struggle with this because they and they struggle with the word "I'm a salesperson" when they feel like they're selling something that isn't useful or helpful, right? So when you know that you've you're working for a community that is absolutely going to change families' lives, you should get really excited about that. Now, I will tell you one thing: I would also watch for. Because I've seen this in some of the in some people we've worked with in the past. If you hire someone who is not a, who is uncomfortable having a conversation with high net worth individuals, that's going to be a problem, right? Like like, and what I mean by that is, if uh, if someone their whole life has struggled to pay their bills and they're making fifty or sixty grand a year and they're maybe they're a single mom, they got kids or whatever, it's just they come from um, a middle class background. And they've never been exposed to those net worth individuals. Sometimes it can create a psychological problem because in their heart, they don't understand how anybody can afford five thousand dollars a month for a senior living community, right? Because they can't wrap their head around that because they could never afford it. So I'm not saying that you can't, you know, because obviously, I mean, these these jobs you're not going to be paying these people three hundred thousand dollars a year to sell, um, but just keep that in mind when you're looking for the right person is can they have conversations with high net worth individuals and um, you know how you how you uh, screen that you know maybe you have them have a conversation with the owner who is high net worth right and you just see how they how, how do they talk about money because what's going to happen is when you when you hire someone who has that issue they're always going to be worried about price Right, they're not going to know how to overcome price objections, because the people you want to move into that community, they're gonna they're not gonna have any problem paying five grand a month to live there. Yeah. Right. So just make sure that you you look at that. Um, and as far as you know, should they should you look inside of senior living or just find a really good salesperson? I I don't think that really matters. Do you? I mean, I in my mind, my first if I was open up a new location. I would look for someone who has been successful opening up a new location. So, but I think you could go outside the industry too. Um, generally, I I would say, you know, try and try and don't just keep your applicant pool to senior living. 
it would be, you know, if, if, if the person you hire does not have experience opening a building, then you should have someone in your company who, who does. Uh, and maybe that's just not possible. Um, so if, if you're opening a building for the first time, you're the owner, then maybe you should look for someone that has experience opening a building. But if you've opened, you know, buildings before multiple locations, that kind of frees you, I think, to look outside of yeah, you can living. lead the way. You can look yeah. into other industries and look for other salespeople who are just total, uh, you know, high octane salespeople driven to to sell as many apartments as you can. And I think that just kind of opens your applicant pool a little bit. You know, I know that um, it, the industry tends to be very heavily slanted towards women um, because you're, you're dealing mostly with, with women buyers. But I've seen some men have a lot of really, really good success uh, in this industry doing this. And one thing, and this is just me thinking out loud right now too, is if – if you are going to go outside the industry, one industry that I would look at would be finding people who successfully sell country club memberships because two reasons. Number one, they're used to having conversations with high net worth individuals. Number two, they have relationships with a lot of people in that local country club who may be aging and they already have a relationship with them. That would be an industry that I, that I would really look at uh, and look at other things like that, right? Like those kind of industries – that they dealt with high net worth individuals, they have relationships, and they can leverage that, I would be very, very intrigued yep. to, to think through that. The, so, the only other thing uh, I would say about hiring the right person is someone who is able to handle a lot of pressure. Because um, oftentimes, you know, if you've got, a, if you've got a, a, a building that's been running for a while, I mean, you've got multiple team members and the salesperson yeah, cash flow cash flow the salesperson can kind of get into a rhythm but when when a new building is is opening there's going to be a lot of pressure from leadership that's like hey uh, why aren't we getting more rooms reserved uh, we need to have more people yep. on this waiting list so you've got you've got to hire someone who can take that pressure and let that pressure motivate them um, to go out and, and to, to sell rooms sell apartments yeah, so once you get the right person, uh, I think there's two main strategies that you need to you need to focus on. Number one is local marketing. So what kind of events can you have? Uh, who are your referral partners? Uh, and again, I, I, I would go back to the country club idea as well. You know, if you've got ends there, what can you do at the club? What can you do at your location? If you're building, you may not be able to be at your location for a while as well. Or if you're if you're overhauling, I see a lot of this happening. You know, somebody's buying a hotel or some some building like that, and they're repurposing it for senior living. You know, you might be months before you can move people in or show them. And so, you know, but you can start doing events early, and it doesn't just have to be directly tied to your community. Start just relationships, right? Like, just start putting on events with elder law attorneys and uh, real estate agents and things like that. Downsizers, it, it just makes sense. Movers, yeah, exactly, yeah. right. Like put together resources for people so that even before they can ever step in, step foot into your new community, they understand that you're there to help them. Right? That's the kind of events that you need to do. And then, uh, sure, absolutely, gather their contact information. You know, do some discovery at these events, and just listen to them talk. You know, they'll say things like, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, we're in a four thousand square foot house and." 
man, it's just the yard's huge. I got to pay a guy $500 a month to mow the yard and our electric bill is $600 a month. And man, I just, I, we just don't need that, right? We, we have a pool from when our kids were still at home. We don't need that anymore. That's expensive. All those kind of conversations, that's what you're looking for at those events. Yeah. You say, hey, you know what? I'd love, I'd love for you to come. See, we're, we're actually building a new place here in a couple. It'll be open in a few weeks or whatever, or it's open. Uh, come by for lunch one day, man. I'd love, to, I'd love to learn more about you. All the conversation, right? Love to learn more about you. Yeah. Not, not come see my place. Hey, just let's have lunch one day, and I want to, I want to learn more about you and what's going on. Uh, and then figure out what events work and what events don't, yeah. and then just do more of the events that work. I know that sounds simple, but it's crazy how many times I see people do events that they're like, oh well, you know. And then their team doesn't get excited about the event because they've done it three times and it didn't do anything for them, and so they're like, yeah. oh, well, this, uh, this, this isn't good. Uh, and then referral partners uh, are the other the other big ones. Like you know, network with the senior adult ministers at churches in your in your area. Um, you know, put on, again put on events at churches. Yeah. Right? Like if 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 you've got an elder law attorney, say hey, let's we're gonna we're, you know we're doing this event with attorney Bob. He's the best guy at at reviewing your will, making sure your estate's in order. You know, this is provided to you by XYZ Senior Living Oaks or whatever. Uh, and, you know, just provide value. Yeah. For events, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm assuming your sales and marketing person, they're going to be the one in charge of putting this event on. But you, they definitely need at least one other person there to help them with this event because – you know, if, if there's some kind of um, slideshow or uh, presentation, then people are going to ask questions at the end, and and you need to have multiple people there to be able to help, you know, seniors or maybe adult children answer these questions. Um, so just a bit of uh, advice on that. Have multiple people from your company or team show up at these events because you will be asked uh, all kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. Well, and as, as a side note to that, um, make sure that you have a very good elevator pitch. So as you're introducing yourself, you know, don't just say, "Oh yeah, I'm the I'm the marketing director at, at this senior living community." No, man, something better, yeah. something that's going to get their attention. Like, hey, my name's Dallas Ship. You know what? I I help seniors, you know, downsize and get out of these huge houses that they're just tired of upkeeping. Uh, and for you know, for some of their kids, that I help them. Um, you know, help help them find the right way to take care of their mom and dad when when they're busy at work or busy with their kids, and they're oh what what uh, actually I need to talk to you about that right like don't don't just give your title and your position like when you go to events have a, have a have a fifteen second you know hey yeah this is what I do this is this is how I help people and if you get into right? a presentation and, uh, it should start with solving their problems <laughs> which yep. I, i'm assuming is probably yep. like you know 99 percent of the pre-lease presentations that are out there is just like hey we're opening this date let's take a look at the square footage of our building uh, and they just get into it <laughs> instead of actually thinking about hey um you know that we know that you're going through x right and here's you know how we solve that man we might start we might start helping people develop those pre-lease presentations that's a good idea we, we could we could we could do that for people. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and, and so local marketing, you got to have that strategy. But I think the one that you probably it's it's uh, 
it's it's absolutely in our wheelhouse and it, it's what a lot of people may not understand when they first get in it is what's your online strategy going to be yeah right and what i mean by that is there's multiple parts of this because you know most people will come in they'll build a website okay great what's your traffic plan to get people to the website i mean you can build a fifty thousand dollar website very easily but if you don't have a traffic plan to get people to that site it's just going to be another website in the in the internet that no one sees yeah and so you know what i always tell people put your budget in i mean have a landing page that people can get the information and use your budget to drive people to it don't put all your money into creating a website put your put most of your money into driving people to a website and then over time you can make the website better because the website doesn't need to sell your community right and this is this this is actually this is a Let's back up for a second and pause. All of your marketing is not designed to sell your community. It's just designed to sell the opportunity to meet about it, right? Like like either a tour or a phone call. All your marketing, that's all it should drive people to. And so, you know, one of the things that, that I think people don't think about is, especially uh, with a new community, is how can you get reviews? And so we, we I've had this discussion with people recently uh, that are building a new community. And I said, look, at first, get people that you know that have worked with you in the past to leave a review about your leadership. Right? So what I mean by that is if I'm opening up a community and Luke and I have done lots of business together and he knows I'm a trustworthy guy, I send him a link to my Google page and say, hey, man, would you mind leaving a review that just says, hey, look, you know, Dallas – I'm sure I don't know what he I don't know all the details of what this is going to look like, but I can tell you I've known Dallas for 20 years and he's everything he does he does it with integrity he's always out for his customers and his clients and 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 I, and so if I had a mom or dad in in this town uh, I would absolutely give him a shot to, to to tell me more about what he's doing uh, and so if you live in that if you live here as well. You know, and, and this is something that you need help with. Go talk to Dallas and his team because I can tell you, you know, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful facility, and and he's got great people working there. It's an honest review. It's not lying, yeah. right? But you need some reviews right off the bat. And so if you don't have any residents yet, or you have very few residents, it's hard to get reviews. And if if I'm looking for nursing home in Houston, Texas, which by the way, nursing home is the most searched term that, that you want to make sure your site's optimized for, even though we don't use the words nursing home in the industry. That's what people still look for. So if I Google nursing home, Houston, Texas, and I see option one with 55 reviews and a 4.2, option two with 60 reviews and a 4.3, and option three with zero reviews, guess where I'm going? Yeah. Right? And uh, as as the as the people that are younger right now become older and are the ones using and the ones like looking for your community, that's going to be even more and more important. You got to have the reviews. And some people will look at what we've just said and say, "Yeah, they're leaving an honest review, but it just doesn't feel honest because they're not an actual resident." And I, I can I totally see that perspective. And in, in my head, I'm thinking about it this way. So like when I when I got my bachelor's degree in marketing, fresh out of college, um, no 
relevant marketing experience whatsoever. I'm applying to jobs all over Indeed, and they all say, you know, um, required two years of experience entry level, which is just always kind of really bugged me about this industry. It's like entry <laughs> level requires experience. So, but I mean, so what? Uh, it's not just this industry. Well, yeah. So, I mean, what, what I had, what I did was I put everything on my resume that I thought would, you know, be, be any way related. So I put, hey, I was in charge of these clubs in college. Um, here's a uh, letter of recommendation that I've got from one of my professors. You know, I helped my parents out with their book business, trying to piece together all of these little bits of information to try to show an employer, hey, I, you know, th- this isn't exactly the two years of marketing experience you were looking for. But hey, look at look at everything I've done. Look at the people uh, vouching for me that is somewhat related and connected to this. And that's the idea that we're trying to get well, here is. And you just said it, the people vouching for you, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you got letters of recommendation from people yeah. that probably said the same thing. Like, hey, you know what? Luke Luke has, uh, he, he's, he's fresh, he, he's green, but man, his work ethic is fantastic. His, you know, his ability to learn new things and implement it is remarkable. And if I had, if I had a company that had an opening for someone like this, I would give Luke a shot in a heartbeat. You know, when you send that letter of recommendation to people, it, it carries weight, right? Especially this day and age. So it's, you know, it's so hard to find good, good staff for a lot of, a lot of uh, businesses. So, you know, just think outside the box on this. Trust me on this. People are not going to, now if you, if you have people go in there and lie, and say, oh, yeah, mom and dad live there, and it's great, and blah, 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 that, that's, that's not um, ethical, no. right? What, I, what I'm saying is to, to have people leave a review knowing what they know, and that's it. Like, hey, you know what? I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do, but I can tell you that their leadership team is solid. And, you know, if, if I had a mom and dad, I would, I'd go check them out. And then as you, as you get more established and you have review and you have residents and you have adult kids at the residence, then you can just start adding more of those reviews, and it'll 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 just build. And um, there, there's nothing wrong with that. So um, I know we're kind of running a little longer than than planned here, but uh, the other the other things are have a, a paid traffic strategy and an SEO strategy for your website. Yeah. Right. SEO is, you know, what can you put on your website that Google is and and the others, but Google is obviously the big one. But what are the what are the search engines going to going to scroll or, and crawl on your website that they think up oh, this is the information people are looking for? Yeah. Right. Have an SEO expert really dial in your search engine optimization, um, and then a PPC plan. You, you, to me, I think as a new um, a new co- uh, community, this is critical. Um, I would not spend a lot of money on traditional media. I would not do a lot of TV ads. I would not do a lot of radio ads or, or newspaper or anything like that. Uh, if you've got some tar- very highly targeted mail outs that go out to seniors, you know, maybe something like that. But I would really focus on PPC and display ads, retargeting ads. So what does that mean? Uh, for those of you that may not be neck, you know, neck deep in the, in the, the jargon here, uh, pay-per-click is PPC. So you can pay Google and say, hey, anytime searches for the words nursing home, senior living, retirement community, whatever, I want them to see my ad. And it's all just done on a bidding system, right? So it's going to be different in Tulsa, Oklahoma than it is in Chicago, 
and even within a big city, it's going to be different on the north side than the south side, east side, west side. Like it's just it's it's all based on how many people are searching for that particular keyword, <coughs> and you want to um, you you want to have a, a, a pretty good sized budget for PPC, and then retargeting is if they click on your website, then they're going to start seeing your ads more, right? Whether they see it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, or the you know, ESPN.com ads, you want to make sure you've got the retargeting so that it follows them around. Think of it when you look at a pair of shoes or something, and then all of a sudden you start seeing those shoes all over the internet every time you're on social media or, or reading the news news online, you start seeing those, that's retargeting. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I that's where I would spend the vast majority of my marketing budget is online targeted marketing and local events. And so this this may kind of depend on where you are. If, if this is just another location in your portfolio, chances are you've got an in-house team that can handle some of this. But if this is like a, a first location for you, um, it's it's going to be tempting to try and go cheap with hiring someone for PPC and SEO. Don't do that. Um, Don't do you know, that. At, at the beginning, yeah. we talked about hiring the right person and potentially looking outside of the industry. I would say in this instance, you want to hire a fantastic SEO and PPC company that has a lot of experience helping senior living communities open a location because they're going to come in. They're going to know the industry. They're going to know Google's and Facebook's laws against discrimination and your ads and all the Which... regulation stuff. By the way, we are going to have a guest on a podcast very, very soon who can really dig into the details of this. Uh, she's fantastic. She's been doing this for a long time in senior living. So if you're looking for, I don't want to spill the beans on this episode, but if you're looking for somebody who is really knowledgeable in this industry when it comes to digital advertising, you want to make sure you listen to our either our next or the next two podcasts, one of those. She's going to be on sharing uh, sharing some tips and some, and some, uh, some really good advice. So... Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is, um, you know, again, just kind of quick little recap. Hiring the right salesperson, have a robust budget. Don't be surprised that you need to spend more than you might think uh, for those digital ads to, because you've got, you have to be out there at least twice, maybe three times as much as your existing, as your, uh, as the existing communities in your city, because they've already got a reputation, they've already got word of mouth, they've already got. They, they have a, a brand and you don't so you need to be out there people need to hear from you two to three times more often than they hear from them yep right and he's think of it as like a blitz right you need to all hands on deck get it out there get your name out there um but focus it on the people that are searching for you uh, more so than like traditional media because i just don't think that would be where i'd spend my money yep Great conversation. Enjoyed it. And we'll see yeah, you all next time. Always. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 100% Occupied Podcast. If you need help marketing your senior living community, just go to moveinmachine.com and click on the button that says book a demo.